Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman. I have an interesting and hopefully educational and informative and maybe entertaining video and podcast for you today. I was looking at some bills. A friend asked me to review some bills that were going to go through his committee. And I was reading the text. I, I skimmed over, but I pretty much read the whole text of these bills. And I discovered two of the first bills. I only looked at around 10. Two of the first bills... House Bill 209 and House Bill 499 have some interesting things in them worth reading. Again, they're short bills in New Hampshire. The legislation is not very long, so one or two pages, and not super difficult to read. But you do have to read them. If you just look at the titles, you will very often be misled. And maybe a good bill is really bad. Maybe a bad bill is really good. It's usually, usually a good bill is bad. Very often do I get surprised by how good a bill is. And a lot of bills get neutered. So some get flipped, some get neutered, some get poisoned, and we'll explain the difference between all those things. All right, first let's go to House Bill 499. All right, this bill is titled An Act Prohibiting the State from Using a Face Recognition System. Sounds like a good bill. Let's see if it's good or bad or if it's irrelevant and neutral because it does nothing. The sponsors are, are phenomenal. Carol McGuire, she sponsored this bill, I think, two years ago, and it got poisoned, and we'll discuss that. looks like the same thing happened again this year. Uh, Gary Hopper is great. Tony Lakis is great. And Senator Reagan sponsored it in the Senate. So it's in the Executive Department's and Administration Committee in the House. This bill prohibits the state from using face recognition technology. That's the short analysis blurb here. So we'll, we'll read the whole bill. It's very short. It, the first part describes face recognition technology. It explains an automated system that assists in identifying individual capturing information about an individual based on physical characteristics of their face. Okay, we know that. That's simple. Uh, part two describes the definition of ongoing surveillance, meaning you know ongoing, not just on a one-off basis. And in the bill, you'll see that term used. It means ongoing surveillance, which we all know what that means. Part three, state means uh, department, agency, bureau, or administrative unit of the state of New Hampshire, including any city, town, county, or school district, or municipality. So, good. So this applies to the state government, but also any local government, you know, police. So that's good. So it prevents, the bill seemingly prevents any government agent working for the state or any municipality within the state of New Hampshire from using any facial recognition technology, which is, which is a good bill, preventing them from spying on us with Orwellian high-tech systems. All right, on to the bill. Uh, RSA 64424, face recognition technology prohibited. No officer or employee of the state shall use facial recognition technology to engage in ongoing surveillance of an individual or a group of individuals in a public space unless the use of facial recognition technology is in support of law enforcement activity. Oh my god. Um, am I taking crazy pills? Um, yeah, what the hell does that mean? We went through this whole thing, this whole bill about how the government can't use face recognition unless the use of facial recognition technology is in support of law enforcement activity. Oh my god, yeah, so any cop, if it's law enforcement activity, which all things cops do is cop activity, obviously, um, they can use it. So Again, I remember I actually, I think I bumped into, I believe it was Carol McGuire who sponsored this bill. I forgot the bill number, but this is, I think, two years ago in the State House. I bumped into her, and we spoke about the face recognition bill, and I think she said it was poisoned or it was going to get poisoned or it might be poisoned. 
And because there are so many exceptions, it says face recognition technology is banned unless it's used by a cop or unless any cop, you know, wants to use it for anyone for any reason, any time. So I, I spoke to her, this is two or three years ago, and I think she ended up saying, I'm not even supporting the bill anymore. It's garbage at this point. So they took a bad, a good bill and it was amended and it was poisoned. So it was essentially neutered. Make sense? Yeah, so... So it says, unless it's used in law enforcement activity and a court order has been obtained to allow for it, or an investigate an investigative or law enforcement officer reasonably determines circumstances, command law enforcement needs to make it practical. It's impractical to obtain a court order, so even without a court order, if a cop wants to use it, he can use it. Or they determine there are grounds for which a court order could be obtained, blah, blah, blah. Yeah causes an application for a court order to be made in accordance with subparagraph A, no later than 48 hours after the use of facial recognition technology to engage in ongoing surveillance. All right, I'm done with this bill. It's garbage. I'm not supporting it. Um, it could pass, not pass. It wouldn't make a difference. It's an irrelevant bill. It's like saying cops can't use facial recognition technology unless they're using it in cop activity. That It's essentially meaningless. The bill is garbage. It's just a waste of time and paper and a waste of my oxygen talking about it. All right, so... You see how a, a, a bill that could have good intentions, good title. I don't know if it was amended. I can try to look at a uh, ledger scan or something real quick. doesn't say here. Let me see if that was an amendment to the bill that put in all those exceptions. Because I think that's what happened a few years ago. Uh, let me see. I'll, so go to legiscan.com. It's a really, really good tool to follow legislation. Look at... No, it wasn't amended. It looks like there's just the one version here. So from here, it appears that it wasn't amended, which is sad all these sponsors are good i don't know why they put in all these exception but again maybe they knew that without this exception it wouldn't have a chance of passing so again that's just the, the legislative games that we have to play there's no point proposing a bill if it has no chance of passing right so you have to be practical but also principled and that's always a struggle a good balance right all right on to the second one house bill 209 let's go look at that one house bill 209 is sponsored by only one guy named mcgee i don't know him um it's titled an act relative to the licensure and regulation of music therapists oh i wrote about this also a year or two ago they proposed this bill a lot of these bills if they fail they come back pretty much every year because everyone tries again every year that's fine um so some statist or communist oh that's why i don't know him this is a bad bill so i don't know this communist pro-regulation control freak so that's fine it's in the house executive departments and administration committee like the last bill and it's rated only negative three by the NHLA. But maybe they missed something on the bill because it's not negative three. This is like a negative 20, negative 30 bill, which is as bad as it gets. And we'll explain why. Analysis, this bill establishes the Music Therapy Governing Board. And, oh, let's create another government agency. That sounds phenomenal. In the Office of Allied Health Professionals for the Licensure and Regulation of Practitioners of Music Therapy. Guys, I still, I did some research, research when I wrote the article about the, this same bill two years ago. Um... I still don't really know what a music therapist is. I'm guessing it's a therapist who uses music uh, to assist in their duties of therapy, which is which is fine. Um, as a voluntarist who doesn't believe in uh, violence and believes in a free market and personal choice and consent, I believe that nobody should have to be licensed by the government, uh, by the looters and the sociopaths and gangsters. So they shouldn't need a permission slip by the prohibition gangsters. So definitely music therapists should not need a license to practice music therapy. If you trust them because you did research and you trust them, hire them. If you don't trust them, don't hire them. You don't have to be their client. So they don't they shouldn't need a license. The government shouldn't be able to tell you if, you know, 
whether it's legal or not for you guys to make a private contract to consenting adults if you want therapy from them, right? All right, let's read the bill. Definitions, defines the board. It means the music therapy governing board that, that the bill will establish. Uh, executive director means director of the Office of Professional Licensure and Certification, some big government bureaucrat, great. Music therapist means person practices music therapy, great. Okay, definitions. Music therapy means, you know, using clinical and evidence-based use of, med of uh, music interventions to accomplish individualized goals for people of all age and ability levels with a therapeutic relationship by a board-certified music therapist. Okay, great. So, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's get into where the bill starts. All right. RSA 326M2, Prohibition on Unlicensed Practice Professional Identification. One, no person without a license as a music therapist shall use the title music therapist or similar title or practice music therapy. Any person, sorry, two, nothing in this chapter shall be construed to prohibit or restrict the practice services or activities of the following. Any person licensed, certified, or regulated under the laws of this state in another profession or occupation, personnel supervised by a Licensed professional in the state performing work, including the use of music, incidental to the practice of his or her licensed, certified, or regulated prof profession or occupation, if that person does not represent himself or herself as a music therapist, and then it goes on. All right, let's see the requirements. Lic licensure of music therapists, in addition to requirement under RSA 328F, the board shall issue a license to an applicant for music therapy license when such applicant has completed and submitted an application upon a form in such manner as the executive director prescribes. So it's not even in the law. This gives this law gives the executive director, some unelected bureaucrat gangster, to create, you know, the requirements for this license. Accompanied by applicable fees, yeah, of course it's gonna cost you money, because again they're like a mafia, and evidence satisfactory to the board that the applicant is in good standing based on a review of applicants' music therapy licensure history in other jurisdictions, blah, blah, blah. Provides proof of passing examination of board certification offered by the Certification Board of Music Therapists. Um, issue a license to an applicant for a music therapist license when such applicant has completed and submitted an application. Okay. The board may facilitate development of materials that the Office of Professional Licensure and Certification may utilize to educate the public concerning music therapist lic licensure benefits of music therapy. Okay, great. All right. So there's one particular part of this bill that I take issue with. Did you notice it? Because I've, I've written about this for other licensures, very similar thing. I wrote about a bill about uh, locksmiths. They did, the, I think, the same exact language, a very similar language, when they wanted to mandate that locksmiths get a government license. Let's, let's go back to that first part of the actual bill. Let me find it again here. All right. So first our definitions, then the bill starts. And the very first line is where the problem starts. This is the big issue with the bill. Let me know if I'm crazy. Quote from this bill, no person without a license as a music therapist shall use the title music therapist or similar title or practice music therapy. This means that any person who does not pay the government gangsters, the people who are violent and will send men with guns to put you in a cage or kill you, those people, the gangsters, the mafia, the protection racket, a person who doesn't get a license from them is now a criminal if they even use the title music therapist. If they say those words, music therapist, or any similar title, like music, or music meditation, or music therapy, or therapy, or music, or hey, come over and let's play some music and maybe it'll make us feel good. If we even say those words, it is now a crime. 
That's what this bill seems to say. I don't, I don't know. Am I misreading it? No person without a license as a music therapist shall use the title music therapist or similar title. They did the same thing with locksmith. They said anyone who's not a licensed locksmith, and again, the state currently doesn't have a license for music therapy or locksmith. They want to create one. So they say starting tomorrow, we'll create a license, or once this bill passes in a few weeks, once it's the law, if Dick Dittersonino signs it, and it becomes the law, the next day, anyone who even says the words locksmith or music therapist is now a criminal. And the government will send, you know, politicians will send men with guns to arrest or put you in prison or kill you or, you know, extract a fine from you, punish you. So if that's not a disgusting violation of the First Amendment, you know, free speech, the whole free speech thing that everyone on every side of every issue claims to care about, but almost nobody really cares about it besides voluntarists, right? Maybe some libertarians. Conservatives don't really care about it. Leftists definitely don't care about free speech. I think just voluntarists do. People who believe in total consent and people who reject all violence and coercion. So those are just two examples. And again, I, I got to look at more bills later. I have a ton to do. I'm working on a, a book. We just published a book and, and a lot of other books and projects. Um, so I'm beyond swamped and behind by a trillion hours of work. Um, but let me know what you think of these two bills. Maybe I'll write a little article just about why it's so important to read legislation. But again, this is just one tiny part of in the weeds, deep, inside baseball, nerdy politics, which I certainly take no pleasure in doing because it's tedious and disgusting and it's all BS because even at best we can defeat this bill or pass a good bill. It's all irrelevant. The whole system is screwed up. The whole system needs to be torn down, restructured, really abolished and, and not replaced. No repeal and replace, no repeal and don't replace the whole Obamacare issue. If it's a horrible thing, don't repeal and replace it with a similar thing or something just as bad or maybe a bit better. If a system is terrible, it needs to be repealed and, and not replaced, replaced with nothing. A few conservatives, they didn't mean it because it's all BS. It's all fundraising, red meat, BS, grandstanding. But a few conservatives said, no, not repeal or replace Obamacare. I'll go even further. We'll repeal and not replace. Oh, yeah, great, yeah. None of them really actually wanted to do it besides maybe Thomas Massey. But anyway, the whole system... This is just a video just for the hell of it, just to educate you a little bit about one of the billions of things I've learned about legislation and politics over the last few years being an activist. But anyway, the important thing, because this is all BS, doesn't matter. The important thing is that the United States, all 50 states, is totally screwed. There are 28 trillion reasons now why the U.S. is screwed, and Biden is creating many more reasons every day. But even before Biden, Trump, before Obama, before Bush, before Clinton, Reagan, Bush, whoever was before that, the U.S. has been screwed for a long time. I could argue 10 years, 100 years, 240 years. I just heard again the other day another another reason why um, pretty much months, I think, or, or a few years after the Constitution was ratified, after like 1789, like 1790, there were already presidents doing wildly unconstitutional things, totally violating the Constitution. The Louisiana Purchase by Jefferson, he said it was unconstitutional apparently, and then he still did it anyway to get the French out of the, I mean, you know, the American land, to get Napoleon out of here, which makes sense, but it's unconstitutional, but whatever. doesn't matter. Um, it's all... It's all totally irrelevant. It's all futile. The only solution, if you want freedom, and I mean long-term freedom, not kill this bill, pass this bill, kill this bill. No, if you want long-term freedom, if you want your children in 20 years, your grandchildren in 70 years from now, 
to grow up in a place that is as free or more free than New Hampshire currently is, if you want your children to grow up in a place that is not identical to North Korea or China, and I'm not being dramatic here, it's not hyperbole, I think our children, maybe even in five years, will grow up in a place that looks a lot closer to China than it does New Hampshire or anywhere else in the U.S., we're looking more like China every day. You see that the CCP type uh, social credit system is called the ESG score. I believe it's already starting to hit not only businesses, but also individuals are getting these credit scores in the US. Bank of America is already starting to give their their clients these credit scores, apparently. So, and it's based on you know how good of a leftist you are, how obedient you are to environmentalism and Black Lives Matter and the government and all that leftist Marxist stuff. So we're gonna look like China maybe even in a few months. I said year, five years ago, social credit system will be here within five, 10 years. Looks like it'll be here, you know, pretty soon. So we're all screwed. If you want your children to grow up in a place with any shred of freedom, we need to do something drastic. Not elect, oh, let's win back the House and win back all of Congress in 2022 for Republicans. Republicans have had total control plenty of times. Latest time was 2017, 2018, I believe, under Trump. They had 100% control of the government. They put in three of their Supreme Court justices who are as good as it gets. And still, every branch, legislative, judicial, and executive, all keep screwing us more than ever before. Trump did a few good things, but overall, him and Congress did 99.999% of things the same as Obama did. So pretty much they're all the same. He's a new boss. Same as the old boss, but he claims to be better. So if we want our children to have any freedom in the next generation, because that's what it's all about, right? Keep the flame of liberty alive. Keep freedom. Make it more free or keep freedom. Preserve it. We have to do something drastic, like I said. The U.S. is screwed, so D.C. can't be saved. You can send all the best congressmen of the world, send Jesus and God to D.C. They can't save D.C. It's beyond gall, and I can write a whole book about that, but I pretty much just did. My book explains that D.C. is finished. Pretty much every state is also hopeless. Maybe around five states, two, three, five, maybe maybe six states, have a prayer if we all focus all of our energy on those states, fortify those states from D.C. because D.C. has a ton of influence with money and grants and official and unofficial influence on federal tyranny fortify them, and eventually, when push comes to shove, declare the Tenth Amendment, and eventually nullify federal laws and or secede. It sounds crazy. People think, oh, secession, it sounds crazy. It, it doesn't matter. You know, something can sound crazy, but when you're down by 17 points with four minutes left, a Hail Mary, you know, sounds crazy, but when that's the right play call, a Hail Mary is the right play call, and so is an onside kick. And they both sound crazy. Oh, but look at the statistics. Secession is a long shot. Yeah, Hail Marys and onside kicks are a long shot. But it's the only shot, right? So that I wrote a whole book about it, and I'll, I'll pitch the I'll pitch the book here. It's called The Blueprint for Liberty. It's available on Amazon. Yeah, I know Amazon, but they actually published the ebook and the paperback for zero cost up front, which is phenomenal. So I appreciate them for that. Yeah, I know I've written about all the bad Amazon's done, but in this case, they're helping me publish a book. And they're helping make it available to, what, a billion users worldwide? So that's pretty good, actually. So you can go check it out on Amazon. The Kindle version, you could probably read for free if you have an account or have a trial or something. Otherwise, it's $3 for the Kindle version. It's $8 for the paperback, which com compared to other similar books of similar lengths, I think is very, very low. But 8 bucks that's what I said on that. I want, I want to read it. If you can't afford it or you don't want to support Amazon at all, you can uh, come to me. I'll give you a book. I have a few copies, or I could just share the, the documents with you of the PDF of the book. That's fine, too. I just want everyone to read it because I have over 400 sources in the book, 
backing up everything I say, and what I say in the book is that the U.S. can't be saved. Most states also should be abandoned. Abandoned hope. DOA. Beyond dead. Just call it quits. And focus on saving New Hampshire. Maybe Wyoming. Maybe South Dakota. Maybe Florida. Maybe a few other states. Texas? I'm not sure. I go back and forth every day whether it's savable. But most states are not savable. We need to pick one or two states, all flood there and secede. And split up from the left. And a lot of leftists who are smart realize that it's so it's over. Let's stop forcing each other to live the way that one of us is living. You know, we both want to force our views on each other. Let's just split, agree to disagree, have an amicable divorce, and we can all live how we want to live with local government, with local policies. That's it for today. Nice short video podcast. Check out the book. I'll, I'll link to the book here too in the description. Well, please do buy it. Please leave a review if, if you like it or if you don't like it or if you have any comments or if you want to uh, debate me on any of the issues. I would love for you to come on the show and discuss any of the issues in the book. If I'm wrong, uh, please prove me wrong and then I can improve it for the next edition of the book. Thank you very much. And remember to check out libertyblock.com for more. If you want to learn more about secession, you can look at, I believe it's americansups.com. So check that out too. Until next time, it's Alu Axelman. Have a good one.